this is Worst Show Ever. I'm CJ Boyd. I'm here with Jesse Elliott. We are in Fort Collins, Colorado, at Music District, where you were employed. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. We met in D.C. Is that true? At the Worst Show Ever. Wait, that was your Worst Show Ever? (laughs) That's like, oh man. Surprise. (laughs) The worst thing was I met this guy named CJ Boyd. It was all downhill from that night, actually. That's why you're not touring these days. Things are going great. That's why I don't tour anymore. Um, Yeah, I'm trying to remember when that was. Like 2007 or something. 2007 sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. I was on tour with And the Furies Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause they, yeah, they knew you guys before. Yeah, that's how I met you. Have you talked with them yet for the show, or have you talked oh. about them on this show? Keith, I'll see, like in about two weeks. Awesome. In Boise for Tree Fort. Awesome. And then Barbara, I'm sure. Has oh, this some is good perfect. Stories, this is perfect timing. But I won't see yeah. Barbara for a little while. She's out in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure when I'll be in Pittsburgh again. But um, yeah, they're the two that I keep the close, yeah, the best uh, contact with. Excellent. Um, Barbara appeared in a uh, These United States song lyric. Okay. Uh, by name, actually. No, we're no hiding, no changing names to protect the innocent. <laughs> okay. Uh, in on our last uh, These United States album, mm-hmm. self-titled. So, this is all coming together already, CJ. We're only awesome. A minute and a half into it. <laughs> um, is it a These United States show that? That ranks as, as yeah, I would say these United States probably takes the top twenty to twenty five <laughs> spots. <so. laughs> okay, well, no, ever. To be fair, these United of... States also takes the top twenty to twenty five on greatest, greatest shows, shows ever. Because you toured a lot with these United States. We did, you yeah. guys stayed on the road quite yeah. a bit. For, yeah, for a yeah, long we time. did uh, almost twelve hundred performances over about eight years. Yeah, so there were years when we did a couple hundred shows a year. Right. Doesn't sound like much to someone like yourself, but oh, it does. But no, it does. But you know what it, it takes. It certainly does. Yeah, you know what it takes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think that also because touring with a band is immensely different than touring solo. And mm-hmm. I mean, I've done a lot more solo than with bands, but I mm-hmm. toured enough with bands to think. I could definitely not do this year round. <laughs> <laughs> like any group of people, even my favorite people in the world, yeah, yeah. are not well, that's people the, that these, I would These want. United States people are still some of my favorite people in the entire yeah. world, and I still can't imagine we'd be hopping on the road together <laughs> again anytime real soon. Right, right. And I'm saying so. I, I and it was all because that... of one fateful night in Washington, D.C., meeting, meeting <laughs> C.J. It was all, all my fault. <laughs> all my damn fault. Um... So yeah, uh, tell me, tell me what happened. No, in all, in all seriousness, this is a hard one because it's it's and it got me thinking again about what what is what does it mean or what does it make what is the worst composed of right? Because I right. think it's easy to sort of fall into, you know, there was the night that we had to end up sleeping on a floor full of cat shit in the Amarillo, <laughs> right? But the show was pretty good. <laughs> right. And, uh, and that's, that's a serious that's, thing, right? That's, that's not like a metaphor. That's, that's <laughs> it, a real, it stands that's in a as a metaphor, <laughs> but, but it was also real. Um, well, can I just say, this is what's interesting about when I've asked this question, you know, I've asked a variety of people, and the people who've done a lot of touring, there's always this moment, which is understandable, of like, God, what does it mean for a <laughs> show to be bad? What, what really... Like this philosophical question of of just kind of what even qualifies as the worst, that seems to be a really consistent yeah, theme yeah, yeah. so far. Of like 
people think I mean there's because a show can this this phrase has come up several times in these interviews a show can be bad in so many ways <laughs> you know yeah, yeah and then thinking about of those different ways what really is the worst because like if and nobody... sadly it's usually complemented by something really really good okay that happens yeah. and then and that it keeps you going to the next bad show okay so <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> or it doesn't and then you quit or it, does, or it doesn't it depends. <laughs> right? um, no I think I think it's an important question though because I think it goes to something you started talking about actually right before you started started the tape the proverbial tape machine here um you're talking kind of about expectations and about a show right. that you actually had last right. night that shall remain nameless but that maybe in some ways didn't didn't meet expectations you had well, and i don't actually mind naming it because it's oh, really because no because really it wasn't any nobody did anything <laughs> right, wrong. right 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 i just i played in boulder to like maybe seven or eight people but it wasn't a shitty show, and that's what I was just telling Jesse. It wasn't shitty because I had no expectations of it being anything else. Uh, I made $10. That objectively is shitty, but I had no expectation of making more than $10. Yeah. Because it was a Wednesday night. It was on Wednesday your way night. to somewhere else. You would have been... And I've played this place before, and the people there are really sweet, but like they're really just like an art space... A workshop space mm-hmm. and I think they put on shows here and there but it's really not it's not the focus of it's it. not the focus it's not their bag and like honestly it's one of those spaces where the people who do come out like just don't have any money like it's a mm-hmm. lot of other people who are also living in their vans and um living. and those are the nights you meet really inspiring people and yeah. actually have the time and energy to talk to him and yeah so it's always that yeah so that i with the bad i thing. when people when you know a couple times people have asked like how was the show and i'm like i mean it wasn't anything wonderful but it was it was great it was fine in a way you know like but but i was saying to jesse like i think that the really bad shows are when you expect something good like something happens to give you reason to think it's going to be good and then it goes a different way. Which brings me back to a fateful night <laughs> in Boise, Idaho, okay. of all places. Okay. Uh, and these United States had just, um, I think it was that day, released our fourth album, which is an album called What Lasts. The album itself is a, is a tricky one. It was, it was, it was um, very much about, well, it was written, the, the sort of, content is essentially about uh, my experience uh, almost drowning and all the things that sort of came up after that so that's what the album's about and then the process of recording the album itself was a whole nother we could start a whole nother show called the worst <laughs> recording grades <laughs> ever okay. it was also one of the best recording sessions ever but i would say it was one of the most contentious one of the hardest one of the those ones when just we're on different pages and it's nobody's fault and somebody's going through a breakup and somebody else is going through a death and somebody's going through a major life experience and you know those oh, things yeah. compound right and you get off the same page which i think is another thing that can cause badness is almost the contrast so 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 for me it comes back to this it's never the bad stuff that's really clear cut it's not the worst it's not the most extreme it's the roller coaster mm. that the music life takes you on which goes from the very very low lows to the very very high highs sometimes within the same hour sometimes within <laughs> the same day sometimes right. within the same album cycle and i and i really do think it's it's the sort of unpredictable nature of that up and down 
sure. you know, signing up for a sine wave kind of life, the, yeah. the very low and the very high, and putting yourself through that, which is why, you know, in a lot of ways, musicians are still some of my favorite people in the world, because they can, they have plumbed the depths and the heights of human experience itself (laughs) which is ultimately what i think a lot of us are most interested in is what the 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 range of of human experience so we're in boise um i recorded this album it was a hard process we were back out on the road it was the usual you know six-week tour trying to bolt across the country and back okay um hit the hit the major markets hit the secondary markets hit the places we just wanted to go because we loved them and we we wanted to play there and we were playing a place, uh, I think it was called The Bouquet, is that right? Is oh, that place yeah. still around? That's, I don't know if it's still around, but I've been there. Yeah. Uh, I went to a show there two years ago, I think, okay. so I don't know if it still is. But And I should preface it by saying that Boise really has actually become one of my favorite places in the entire world, for music and otherwise, yeah. and so it actually has nothing to do with the place. It was this timing, it was this contrast I'm talking about between the highs and the lows. That morning we had our first ever uh new york times album review okay that that's, you know we like grew deal. up yeah. knowing about like new york and <laughs> times and yeah. other other things like that and it's like holy right. shit and it was a good review it was it was actually a really good review the guy got it i think is what uh well it doesn't matter he got it he loved it he spoke highly of it he understood the story and and maybe somehow understood what we'd gone through it was a short review you know it was in the times but it was one of those moments where you look around each other and you're like, it's all, it's all been worth it. Like we're here, we, here we go. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. everybody, buckle in for the yeah. ride. And you know, of course, you get on the ride all the time, and you actually do get to experience high highs. But that night wasn't necessarily one of them in the <laughs> traditional sense. It was the, it was this huge expectation of holy cow, we've we've received some kind of recognition, and none of us are. are like huge recognition hogs, I would say. We're not total right. egomaniacs, but everybody's got a tiny bit of that sure. craving for... I, I don't even think it's recognition or attention so much as understanding, like the sense that somebody out there understands what you're going through. And in the case of... And that could be an audience member, that could be another musician. In this case, it was a stranger, which I think in some ways is often the most delightful kind of understanding because it surprises you and it connects you to something else in the world and so this guy writing for the new york times got us got where we were coming from that's so much of what i think music and art is about right is the weirdness of like somebody sharing an intimate thought or feeling who don't who doesn't know you Mm -hmm. and and i mean on both sides both Mm -hmm. as an audience member and as a creator Mm -hmm. that that you share something there that really how how could you possibly know me you don't know me mm-hmm. but and yet you do mm-hmm. there's something on on both sides of that that it's I almost like is... a magic trick of the universe yeah it's sort of like oh the the universe has played this really beautiful magic trick on us right. we're like how did you you just read my mind wait how yeah. did you get that i've been on the I've, i feel like <laughs> you've been on both, been sides, on both of sides of that exactly it's weird and i will say sometimes it's it's almost the kind of thing where you have to back away from it for a second because i've had again on both sides of it where I feel like I know this person we 
we are connected when like actually you're not <laughs> like like you have something you have a mutual understanding about something you have an experience yeah and then you show up common. on their back door and you're not you're like i know you right and we're they're friends. like we're me. friends let me in <laughs> right i've been on the other side of that one where yeah. someone was certain that we we know each other we know each other so right. well right, because right. Maybe it was a past soul. life. Maybe it was right. an alternate dimension. Maybe. maybe. Maybe it's just that there's so damn many of us on this planet that we're right. bound statistically to go through the same thing as someone else. Sometimes some that is also the case. Which I think is nice, though. I think that's a good reminder. And for me, again, it's not it's not even a personal thing. It's almost like a reinvigorating of your faith in the universe itself or in people sure. themselves that there could be this stranger somewhere out there on the other side of the world that gets what you're going through and, yeah. and you remember oh yeah there is this common language this common communication exactly. this common right. experience that we have um so we had that feeling right that night but it wasn't with <laughs> any of the four people who were at the show okay <laughs> i'm remembering the bouquet so, and so it's, 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 it's actually a, a very simple there's not really much of a punchline to this story okay. it's in and, and in a sense it's the the mundane sorry go ahead you were gonna well, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just picturing that's the what it's called, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and I do think it's changed. I think it's something else now, but I think it's still a venue. I can't remember what it's called, but it's it's like a it's one of those like long bars, right? It's like yeah, we consider it like of, a pretty classic bar rock club. But it's like you go in like a shotgun, kind of yeah, exactly like a yeah. shotgun kind of thing where there's a long bar that's like a long that's along the side. But as soon as you go in, you're sort of like facing towards the stage, yeah. which is down on the end. Yeah. But the bar is like such that you're not really facing the the stage if you're at the bar. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so it, the whole layout is are... such that somebody could easily walk in and see you from 100 yards away and be like, this is what the fucking New York Times is raving about? <laughs> Fuck this shit. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Or you can just be at the bar, like having a drink, and the, right. the 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 band is far enough away that you're not really like in their space. Yeah, it's a, it's like... it's a classic it's a classic problem with with venues, which is that they're not designed for the music necessarily. Right. Some are, but I would say lo- the but majority, bar, bar maybe sixty percent of them yeah. out there, even even beyond just bar venues, but it's not really designed to be about that experience. Um, right. Usually, understandably, it's designed to sell a few drinks and keep the place in business so that they can keep doing their charity work which is uh having musicians in that they love (laughs) so you know there's no bad bad guy in this equation and and certainly the bouquet was awesome to us that night and they were really excited you know it goes back to the expectation thing like you show up in the afternoon for sound check and the venue's excited and holy shit we've booked this band that's on the verge and on the cusp and the blowing right. up and the exploding whatever other verbs people use about all that stuff <laughs> right. and uh and the and the band's excited and it's this mutual you know frenzy and da 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 and we went on stage into that sort of potential nosedive and i think we very quickly understood as only a group of people traveling and living together 24 hours a day 24 hours a night there's like 48 hours in a day and night when you're <laughs> on the road. so we're together and we we do have that language we love and hate each other as only family can right and we just sort of automatically decided to play the whole album from start to finish this is not something we ever 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 would have done in any other context because it's a slow 
depressing slog of an album. It was okay. our most slow, depressing right, slog right. of an album that we made. <laughs> and we made it in a slow, depressing slog of a recording session <laughs> in a, the middle of nowhere in the woods and all, all like all that jazz. And, and it was this really cathartic, low moment where I couldn't tell if it was a, you know, fuck you to myself and to our band and to the audience and like all right fine like you guys got our hopes up and now everybody's all now all three and a half of you are sitting at the, the bar drinking well then we're gonna go ahead and place all the way through this long slow slog of a depressing album about dying um but it was cathartic and i think that's all you can hope for in those worst moments is to kind of pull out of that nosedive as gracefully as possible and get right back on mm. the roller coaster. <laughs> right. Um, and we got to the end of it and there was no, there was no climax. There, this, this is another interesting thing for me, like going along with this roller coaster idea. There's never the ultimate low and there's never the ultimate high. Like those things just don't exist because there's always the future and you don't know what that's going to bring sure. and so you just are stuck stuck in a, in a good way in a sort of zen-like way in this endless series of highs and lows that will maybe be outdone on any given day or any given night by the next high high and the next low low and we get done with this doing this thing that we only ever did once it was the first time we ever played I think any album in its entirety, but certainly that album. And it was the last time we ever played that album in its entirety. Right. And so it was this unique moment that stood out for all of us that we never really talked about again, I don't think, but in, until right now with you, <laughs> CJ. Right. But, um, and you get done and there's three and a half, of, you know, like maybe one and a half of the people have left or gotten all the way drunk by that point. And then the couple folks left give you like a half-hearted clap and you just think okay well <laughs> I guess we'll I, I guess we got through that one Portland now or wherever <laughs> yeah. you go let's, let's head on to Salt Lake City I'm trying to think which direction we were going that night because you know that route um, yeah, yeah. and it's a beautiful route but it was also in the winter time which yeah. ironically is one of the reasons I stopped touring so that I could because I got tired of driving in winter through the mountains yeah so i went ahead and settled down in colorado (laughs) (laughs) right no more winter for you yeah um i think that's it i think that's all there is to the story there's probably other details i don't remember but uh i think about that show maybe more than i should maybe more than most other shows we played certainly at the low end of things it's kind of poetic though i mean you when you say about how i like this idea a lot of how there is no ultimate high or low because of the future. I think, nonetheless, you can... Um, maybe because these United States isn't together anymore, you can at least sort of compartmentalize or, or sort of make chapters out of your life and say, well, mm-hmm. of this period, um, you know, this was, the, this was one of the highs and this was one of the lows and stuff like that. And there is something about that. I think it's Hegel that has that line about the owl of Minerva, aka wisdom, like um, flies at midnight, something like that. About how like it's not until the end of something 
that you actually can like look back on it and uh-huh. understand it and actually get it like what it meant for you uh-huh. um, some of the stories that people have shared with me have been about actually one in particular I'm thinking of uh, my friend Bailey um, lives in Tucson now she told a story about the worst show which was also the last show of that band mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and that I think that's the only one that's come up so far but sometimes the lows end up sometimes you can say definitively yeah yeah Yeah. but I imagine with you guys being on the road for so long it it's also like it's a I don't know anytime someone says people sometimes ask me like what's your favorite city and like I know a lot more cities than most people should you know (laughs) like (laughs) then is healthy yeah yeah and so naming the best and the worst well I also think of the this I don't know if there's a name for it but there's this there's this uh famous zen parable about um the guy who falls off the horse and breaks his leg and he says to himself oh what bad luck have i right and then the next day the army comes through town and drafts people yeah and they don't draft him because he has a broken leg and he says oh what good luck have i and then the next i forget but it it keeps going back and forth between this and and you can very easily i mean that that is life like you don't actually know and and i think even even with something that's quote unquote finished for i mean first of all i actually don't think of these united states as finished i think it's perfectly possible we could all play music together again someday record tour whatever um i still love those people and those songs and i would still love to work with them so i i don't think of it in that sense but even even if we have already done our last album and our last tour and all that especially in this crazy digital age like this music keeps coming back at you yeah in ways that you can never predict and so right. like in You're extending totally this zen parable like five years from now is are these united states song gonna inspire like fill in the blank for some really great thing to happen right let's right. just say an olympic athlete since the okay. since the olympics just happened i guess <laughs> okay sure <laughs> To do something, to, sure, to break sure. a new human record, to whatever. Or on the, on the flip side, you could see, like, is is this song going to be the thing that some kid who goes off the rails and does something horrible to other kids in a school or wherever, like, right. was took as his inspiration? Or it's So I, I don't mean to get too heavy about it, no, but no. I think the story is never over. Sure, and you put these things into the world, and then they have a life of their own, and you you can't really almost infinite i yeah, mean it's almost impossible predict. to know and right. so i think the only thing that you can control and this is the point of that parable is is you can't control the things that happen you can only control your attitude towards yeah. them and thinking something is the highest high or the lowest low is always ultimately going to be a little bit of an illusion yeah um, and maybe that's a fine thing. Maybe that like just because it's an illusion doesn't mean it's bad. It's just. Oh, I hope not, because this is the premise of my show. Dude. This is what I'm <laughs> Look, doing. Look, I'm not man. trying to tear your show down, man. <laughs> no, I love the idea because I think it's a really important question, and I think in a society that tends to focus a little too obsessively on success and celebrity and fame and riches and the people in the top one percent and da, 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 I think it's important to, to talk about the lows with each other too. So yeah. Make no mistake, I think it's a real cool idea. I appreciate it. I just have more to talk through with you. That's all. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for talking. Anytime, man. Yeah. Come back to the Ford anytime you like. That goes for everyone out there in listenership. Awesome. Thanks, Jesse.
This episode of Worst Show Ever was made possible by the Patreon pledges of Dewana Fryman, Meg Roberts, Christina Perez, and Evan Quayberg. If you'd like to support this endeavor, please go to patreon.com slash worst show ever.